1: Coming up after 10:15, the therapist panel discusses managing expectations in a relationship and what happens when one or both partners changes and well, our expectations have to be uh, adjusted. So we'll talk about that coming up. But first, time to check out our inbox. Your
0: texts are always welcome.
1: Connect with Passion at 514-800. You can always email me your questions to Lori at laurie at drlaurie.com, L-A-U-R-I-E, at dot com. You can also just go to the website, drlaurie.com, and and you can fill out the contact sheet there and send me an email through there at any time. And just know that at the beginning of every show, I answer some of your questions. Uh, this one came in. Hi, Dr. Laurie. Love the show. I've sent in a few quick Q&As, cues rather, questions, and you answer them. I just want to say thank you. Your suggestions have helped me tremendously. Even though I've been hard to deal with, I'm not sure why you say that. But okay, someone who sent in a few questions. Uh, I want to get your opinion on a relationship. This is a new new email. Um, I recently left. She initiated the exit. I was uncertain and testing her. I was uncertain because I wasn't passionate and didn't feel a lot of chemistry or energetic attraction or that pheromone buzz. But our interests were so and we just grooved as great companions. Intellectually, we were very well matched and always entertained. Um, I heard someone say recently, and there's a quote here, love and passion are not everything. Make a conservative effort to choose your partner consciously. Opposites may attract, but it's those with similarities that bond. The right connection is everything. Do you think that the strong sense of chemistry attraction is crucial where you're like, I can't believe I'm with this amazing person, or do you think that there are more important factors? Would love to get your thoughts or any resource recommendations on this as it's been eating me, uh, it's been eating at me for a while now. So this is the whole thing with, um you know, with with meeting people and with the chemistry and all that. I believe in chemistry and attraction, of course, I think. But, and it's very fitting that we're going to be talking about expectations tonight. If you're expecting the, oh my God, I can't believe I'm with this amazing person. I mean, you should be able to say, yes, this person is amazing that I'm with and and that you feel that way. Um, but if you're looking for a buzz or a, a pheromone buzz or... I don't know what you mean by a lot of attraction. You don't need to have fireworks going off, especially if the person is fits in all your other categories, you know, if you if, if things are simple, if you get along, if you've got a lot of similarities, if you have a lot of the same values, if you mesh on many other levels, I'm not saying if there's zero chemistry, don't think that that is necessarily going to build with time. So I think it's important to have obviously attraction, but you also need to find somebody that makes you feel good and calm and peaceful and that you have. All of that, with if you're going to be with that person um, long term. My experience has been that if you are not attracted at all to the person, and it doesn't develop in the first whatever, uh, I don't think it 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 can come back later. Like when I have couples who say to me, we want to, we want, we want to get some passion in the relationship. I always ask, well, did you ever have it? Like, did you ever have that strong attraction? Sometimes I get the response with no, I was never really attracted to my partner or I never really felt that. Well, you can't, what are you going to get back? Like you're trying to get somewhere that never existed in the first place. And it's not that I don't think that, um, Like initially when you meet somebody, there may not be uh, a ton of attraction but i that i've seen over uh, like a, a few dates that that chemistry build so it's not instant for some it, it can be instant and for others it doesn't have to be instantaneous which is why i always say like give somebody if you're interested in them and you've got a lot of similarities and they they could make a good life partner give it a chance like don't write them off after the first time you you see them simply because you didn't feel this big big electric shock or you didn't see any fireworks going off so i don't know if anybody else has thoughts on this but would love to hear hear your thoughts at 514 800 Uh, What is your opinion, this text came in, on an 11-year-old girl who was raped by a family member for three years. How can it affect her life now as an adult? That is, to me, very devastating and very traumatic. And um, it would be very difficult uh, for somebody who's experienced this to be unaffected uh, by it as an adult. So um, all I can hope for this young girl was that family stepped in, somebody stepped in to help her. I'm assuming if it went on for three years that she was unable or did not have, was unable to tell anybody for for whatever reason, those reasons could be numerous. Maybe she felt threatened, maybe um, she felt she wouldn't be believed, Or the, and that's far worse than someone who's experienced something, turns to a, a, a mom or dad or what have you, who then immediately uh, flies into action. Action and protects the child. Here, this child was not protected. I'm hoping that now, as an adult, she can get the help that she needs. And there's help out there. There are um, many therapists who who specialize in this area, working with people to um, to heal from uh, from this kind of trauma. But it's hard to say exactly what the the consequences will be in in adulthood. What we know is sometimes we see extremes, like uh, we see uh, people who have had a history of sexual abuse become uh, very uh, promiscuous, um, a lot of casual sex, for the reason being that they are they feel that they need to control their sexuality. So it's it's about a control thing, and then you have the other end of the spectrum where there are people who are very avoidant of sexual relationships or uh, very fearful who develop conditions like vaginismus and uh, which is like the the involuntary contraction of the vagina which doesn't allow any more any penetration so many there could be many many consequences a really great resource that I give to people who've experienced this in childhood is the sexual healing Healing Journey by Wendy Maltz maltZ it's a fabulous book and uh, it, it's really helpful for anybody who's experienced any kind of childhood um, sexual uh, you know sexual trauma so the sexual healing, journey and there there are other books as well many many other books that could uh, that could be very helpful so uh, but taking charge and 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 getting getting proper help I think is really really important and paying attention like is it a do you see it as a problem in your relationship how does it creep up for some people it can creep up as memories for other like flashbacks for others it could be avoidance of certain um, sexual activities I think another thing that's really important is that as an adult that you are able to share this information with a partner so that you feel safe because that feeling of being safe sexually is a Big one, and uh, because you you've had been unsafe, right? And your first experiences were very uh, were traumatic and unsafe. So, uh, feeling safe with a with a partner, but being able to share with a partner, so that if there are any triggers, you're able to talk about them openly and be able to say, look, I I can't do this, or this reminds me too much, or this really triggers me, this particular action really triggers me. And that's really important to be able to verbalize that with somebody. If you're with someone where you don't feel safe saying that, then you need to, I say, you need to question that relationship. So very important to get the help to be able to, uh, to do that. Uh, talking about managing our expectations and all the things we've just talked about have to also do with expectations. Of course, our therapist panel uh, will discuss these issues and whatever, you know, if, if things come up and and you want to talk to our therapists in studio, anything to do with mental health issues, we are here to help tonight. Um, you know, three heads better than one. So, uh, we'd love it if you connect with us at five, one, four, eight, a safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Expectations. We all have them in uh, relationships, as we should. We, we should have certain expectations. So, here to talk about uh, managing these expectations and what does that all mean, we've got our therapist panel in studio, Stefan Bensusen, who is a health psychologist, founder of Psi Santé in the West Island. Hi, Stefan. Hi. And we've got Jackie Miller, a clinical psychologist and a psychology college professor as well here. Hello, Jackie. Hi. So managing expectations. I think the first thing I want to do is get, read this thing to you that I found, which I loved. It's called your relationship bill of rights. So it's like these are expectations that are a baseline of expectations. And you, let me know if you agree with all these. You have the right to your partner's attention. You have the right to a partner who will try to work out your differences. You have the right to honesty about sex. You have the right to affection. You have the right to the benefit of the doubt. That one I like. You Mm. have the right to gratitude. In other words, to being shown um, gratitude. And these are all based on like research that shows what makes... What makes people satisfied in their uh, relationships? So that this is, to me, something important as some of the the basics of, um, of expectations that we kind of need to have. Somebody else texted in, the right to affection. I think, uh, yes, I like that too, but affection can be can be measured in different ways, right? So is it always physical affection? Are there different ways of giving affection? Not everybody is all kissy and 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 showy in that way. Some people are affectionate in other ways with their with their words. So I think it's the right to feel the right to feel loved, mm-hmm. however that is, right? Imagine being in a relationship where you did not feel loved
0: right that would be disappointing wouldn't it and but, yeah and depressing but where do these expectations come from are these things that couples discuss or or do we walk into these relationships based on our, what our parents did and this is the role of the of the woman and the man is mm-hmm. in, a, in a hetero couple is that what they're used to like are they used to for example is a woman expecting the man to help her with the dishes for example If her relationship um, ideal was seeing her parents work together in the kitchen, she might not see that. Mm -hmm. And the husband may have a different concept of that and a different expectation. So where did the expectations come from?
1: And that's a good question. Where do our expectations come from?
2: And I think before looking at expectations, you know, specifically around relationships, it's also sort of taking a broader view and having realistic and reasonable expectations in general. So like, you know, like getting into a relationship is a risk, mm-hmm. and so every time you get into something that's a risk, if you think it it could be investing money, it could be in getting in a car, everything's a risk. and mm-hmm. so, yes, you can have reasonable and and realistic expectations when you go into a relationship, but I think you also want to acknowledge there's risk. so you could invest and you could invest and you could want certain things like affection or feel like you have a right to it, but at the same time to recognize that maybe that's not gonna happen for lots of different reasons. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important to recognize that it is a risk when you get into it. And there's always the possibility that your expectations, even if they're reasonable and realistic, they may not be met. You may be with someone right. who can't, who who cannot, who cannot meet them. Right. Um, so that's so. interesting. You remind me of uh,
1: a couple that I am seeing where one is on the autism spectrum. So mm-hmm. he is Asperger, and you know, it's very obvious. And what for? And in this case, the the woman's complaint is she never feels. Um, emotionally connected she doesn't ha- she's missing a lot of that uh connection yet he loves her he's a he's a-, a good husband in every other way a really great guy but there is this one thing and we keep working on her expectations that this is just not something he's capable of giving her mm-hmm. he's just right. not capable so y- managing expectations means it's not because he doesn't want to it's because he doesn't know to and he doesn't like it, it's just not in he him. He mm-hmm. can't. He just, he just can't. It doesn't, you know. It's like you're trying to be. Um, it's like telling somebody, well, you have to be more emotionally intelligent, mm-hmm. but I'm not. <laughs> you know, there, right. it's not there. So you have to be able to manage those expectations or know them, like know the re- the the realities of it, to so that you can make your decision for
2: yourself. Nobody's right. forcing you to stay either, right? And. It's also how you interpret when the expectations aren't met. So in this particular case, if the person's interpreting, oh, it's because he doesn't love me, it's because he doesn't care, that interpretation would be inaccurate, right? It's really because of... Somebody can't. Yeah, because Mm -hmm. of the symptoms or because of Mm -hmm. the limitations in one way or another. So, you know, I think it's how you interpret what does it mean when my expectations aren't being met. That's important as well. And building flexibility into Mm -hmm. because relationships change. So maybe at the beginning, you're both on the same page. And then as the relationship goes on, things change. things
1: change. And here, you know, where you see this a lot in sexuality Mm -hmm. and sexual desire. How many times do I get couples who come in saying, well, I don't, you know, at the beginning we were having sex all the time or it was like Mm -hmm. four times a week or whatever. And now fast forward 10 years and we have kids and whatever. Like if it happens once a month, we're lucky. And they, oftentimes the person with the higher sex drive feels like they've been somewhat duped You know, almost like I thought I went into this marriage because I thought you were just as interested in sex as I was. Right. So didn't think that maybe down the line this could change because it never changed for them, right? Mm -hmm. So... That's one way, like that's one area that we have to manage certain expectations mm-hmm. that often don't get talked about. It's not and, and you can't predict a lot of these changes. because if you ask the person at the beginning of the relationship who feels just as, as much that they want it, they don't think it's going to change.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, right? Things happen.
0: But the danger with the, the, the setting the expectations is that we, we were setting ourselves up for some form of disappointment at some point in time. Mm-hmm. So for we're, ex- we're expecting a certain characteristic to continue like a like a sex drive for example for a partners and that changes then we'll get disappointed If we expect our partner to always be there to listen to us and then that person for some reason is not available then we get disappointed. So there's a danger in setting ourselves up too much with those expectations. Because that in my mind creates disappointment frustration and emotional suffering and then we kind of retreat from the relationship because we feel we're not getting what we're supposed to be getting mm-hmm. but who says that that's what really we're supposed, we're supposed, to, be supposed to be
1: getting right so it's not um it's not really what you have a i guess what you have a right to mm-hmm. it's much more about what you what you what you're you feel your rights are, right? It's not about, I. you can feel, look, I'm entitled to be in a relationship where I'm respected. I'm entitled Mm -hmm. to be in a relationship where I feel loved. This is called, this comes from a place of self-love. So if I, this Mm -hmm. is what I think I deserve, which I think that's okay, you know, to be able to say that, like I deserve to feel this way, this way, and that way in a relationship. Now, we have to be able to talk about expectations as well, which is maybe something people don't, you know, really do. Someone texted in rights. Isn't it all about respect, generosity, and acceptance as opposed to rights? The only right one has is to walk away in the case they're not being respected. That's a very good point. Other than that, a sense of entitlement is ironically detrimental and self-defeating within what is otherwise meant to be a consensual, shared, dynamic experience instead. You know what? I, I agree with you on this. It, it is all about uh, respect generosity compassion acceptance but these are things we should have in a relationship so to me those are the expectations right we should have all these things in a relationship
0: so what if we challenge that and say let's go into a relationship with no expectations no let's just accept each other as we are we have some basic principles of the bill of rights Mm -hmm. that you've mentioned before and beyond that we just accept each other and, and we accept each other in our differences and in our similarities and we don't expect if we want something we need to request it we need to ask for it
1: but we have to have some of those basic needs that are ours that we expect to be fulfilled
0: but then we have to be
1: well we need to be able to have that yes a fulfilled by ourselves but if we're going to be in a relationship i i need to be able to say like what's in it for me like we all have to have something that this relationship gives us it's a partnership Yes, that, but that partnership, it's right. the feeling of that partnership. So what happens when you you don't feel that partnership is there because, well, you expect the partnership, but the other person doesn't act in a way that is partnership-like? Oftentimes,
2: but oftentimes, you know, I think... Uh, being a, it's a collaboration like if you can collaborate together to figure out like we're mm-hmm. creating this relationship mm-hmm. together so what kinds of expectations do we want to have of each other but in general though if you look at the research um, uh, Gottman who's really yeah. um, he his research shows that about 30% of issues in relationships will never get resolved. It's like right. you're going to agree to disagree on 30%. 30% right. So that's quite a bit, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of knowing that we can be we, our relationship can be good and we can be happy and it can be healthy even if We're not agreeing on everything, even if we have some expectations that aren't met. Like, we can survive disappointment. Right. Do you know what I mean? I mean, we're not going to get through life not being disappointed.
1: If you have expectations that you're never going to fight, or you Mm -hmm. have expectation that everything is going to be smooth for the rest of your life, the day you say, I do, well, those are that's just not reality. Mm -hmm. So I think in that way, you need to have... The, you need to have realistic expectations of what relationships are. But we're not taught that. Nobody tells you that necessarily at the beginning of a marriage. Nobody ta- tells you that
2: things will change. But one of the things that we do in, in our culture um, that we do promote that is probably not very helpful, is that we kind of sell this idea that your relationship should have these three components, lots of passion, lots of intimacy, Mm -hmm. and be totally committed to each other. But one of the things that happens, biologically, is that as you get closer to people with intimacy, like you're sharing with them, as you're more committed, you're together longer, passion goes down, because passion is fueled by novelty. Exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly,
1: and and that's a really good point. Where where there are a lot Mm -hmm. of changes, where our expectations have to be changed, change, changing as well. Uh, we're talking about uh, managing our expectations with our therapist panels, Stefan Ben-Susan and Jackie Miller in studio along with me. So three psychologists discussing this topic and anything else you want to discuss as well. Coming up, we will talk about John Gottman's work and what he calls the good enough relationship mm-hmm. and what does that mean. Uh, we'll talk about that after we check in with our CJD 800 newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. The therapist panel consisting of me, Jackie Miller, and Stefan Ben Susan, and all three of us psychologists, clinical psychologists, here uh, to answer and uh, well answer your questions if you have any about any kind of mental health issues. But we are talking about managing expectations. One texter says, "Come on, seriously, everybody says that the relationship will change after you get married." Yeah, okay, everybody says that, but nobody is mm-hmm. clear about what that means exactly. What kind of change? What you know? So I think part of the problem is, and this is why, um, like marriage counseling and things like that are important because you you actually talk about, <laughs> yeah, you how to manage these changes and the fact that your expectations are may not be met if they are the ones you have right now today, you know. So you have to be able to have a certain level of uh, flexibility and some really good communication. Uh, about that now we all love John Gottman's work in relationships. He this is the guy that uh, can predict uh, divorces by like 98%, you know, just mm-hmm. by looking at the way that couples communicate, really. Mm-hmm. But he says, I encourage couples to strive for the good enough relationship, which sounds like settling for less than best. Um, But in a good enough relationship, people have high expectations for how they are treated. They expect to be treated with kindness, love, affection, and respect. They do not tolerate emotional or physical abuse. They expect their partner to be loyal. This does not mean they expect their relationship to be free of conflict. Even happily married couples argue conflict is healthy because it leads to greater understanding. People should not expect to solve all of the problems in their relationship Either. In his uh, work, he has a a thing called the, the Love Lab, basically, where they do a whole lot of research on couples. He found that almost two thirds of relationship conflict is perpetual. So, uh, when choosing a long-term partner, you will inevitably be choosing a particular set of unsolvable problems. <laughs> so, talk about, you know, adjusting your uh, expectations. It's, uh, he says, it's unrealistic to expect a relationship to heal childhood wounds or to become a pathway to spiritual enlightenment or self-actualization. Um, so, don't settle for being treated poorly uh let's see Uh, he says as a father the best way to buffer my daughter from being in a bad relationship in the future is to treat her with love and respect so she will expect to be treated the same way by her partner i would also add for the father for the child to see the father treat the mother with or the partner Mm -hmm. with the uh, love and respect because that's what we're actually emulating right Makes sense. We're the role models. We are the role models. Uh, He also says, um, in our empirically based theory, the sound relationship house, we describe what couples in the good enough relationship do and have. They are good friends. They have a satisfying sex life. They trust one another and are fully committed to one another. They can manage conflict constructively. That means they can arrive at mutual understanding and get to compromises that work. And they can repair effectively when they hurt one another another So it's not about never hurting your partner, uh, but it's about how to repair mm-hmm. uh, the hurt after. They honor one another's dreams, even if they are mm-hmm. different. They create a shared meaning system with shared values and ethics, beliefs, rituals, and goals. They agree about fundamental symbols like what a home is, what love is, and how to raise their children. Expect that. You deserve it. It's not unreasonable, and it is achievable. And those are the words of uh, John Gottman. So at the very least, we should expect these things.
0: Well, we're talking about values. Those are all things that people value. And if you meet someone, you know, when you're dating, does that person share the same type of values as you? And if so, then there's a greater likelihood that there's a compatibility and that relationship will Will thrive after a while mm-hmm. and continue to grow and continue to evolve. And then, whatever conflicts do arise, we can work it out.
1: You just cannot expect your partner to have the you can, to have the same values as you unless you've talked about it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's that's part of the the problem. Sometimes we go in with a certain assumptions mm-hmm. that our partner feels the same way. And, and why mm-hmm. a lot of couples don't have those conversations early on, like. How are we going to raise children before they have children? How are we going to manage a household? How are we going? To, what's a, how do we can, How do we manage money together? And mm-hmm. how do we manage in-laws and and events? And so these are things that will tell you where
2: you are on that page, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's throwing in the fact that values can change, right? So at the beginning you may both value making money, so you're both you know always working, always working, and then at some point it changes, and now money's not as important, you want to spend more time with family, or maybe only one of you wants to spend more time with family, the other one wants to keep making the money. And so it's also recognizing that we may start off with the same values, how are we going to deal with as our values start to change? And how are mm-hmm. we going to talk about that?
1: Or, or and and sometimes they're not necessarily our values, but our wants. Mm-hmm. How how will our wants change? So I know Stefan. You I've seen couples. You've seen couples like this. I don't know, Jackie, if you have, but couples who want to change the rules of their relationship, mm-hmm. right? So the sexual right. rules of their relationship. Who who want to let's say develop an open. Mm-hmm. marriage or want to be poly, polyamorous or want to be swingers or what have you, where one brings it up because that's what they want. And then now you have to, is is it even possible to compromise on that kind of thing? That's, that's the interesting part. So what mm-hmm. happens when one person changes uh, in a relationship, really changes or comes to some conclusion or 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 personal evolution or what have you maybe they have discovered for themselves they never looked at it they're doing self exploration and realize you know what uh, i'm not meant for monogamy or it's not really something i mm-hmm. truly believe in although i've worked hard to make that happen in in this relationship maybe hmm maybe i don't want that anymore now what
0: right. <laughs> So it, it's, that's why the communication skills are important. It's like, are you able to feel safe with your partner to bring this up, to share your new way of thinking or feeling? And are you able to you know, push forward your ideas without feeling like you're going to be uh, judged negatively or put down or whatever? Are you able to follow up with that? Because certainly if you're changing the rules of the relationship, the expectations of your partner will be you know questioned and that's going to create conflict so how do you navigate through that
1: Mm -hmm. that's a very that one is a very like uh you know if especially if one does not want to go down that road and
2: the other one does Mm -hmm. there's almost no real compromise there and it's about interpretation oh like if one person wants to go down and the other person doesn't it's like oh why i'm not good enough you know you can't just be with me you know, why do you need someone else? Or why do you need something different? Mm. Um, And so wherever that person is, in terms of how they feel about their self, their self esteem, their self confidence, it's, it's, there's so many um, factors that are interacting, you know, like, it's how this is pushing your buttons, like, and you have lots of other baggage from lots of different places right we all do everybody has so nobody there's
1: no perfect relationship or perfect partner we there's only imperfect people so Mm -hmm. a a partner can trigger those insecurities Mm -hmm. and being able to talk about the reasons behind it especially in that situation it is not nothing to do really with a partner not being good enough or what have you but simply maybe somebody's need for variety or wants to break some boredom or, I don't know, some something in them that they want to explore that they don't maybe not feel comfortable with their own partner.
2: And, and sometimes if the, an issue is just too big for a couple, like that might be one, that's where you may want to go and seek out like some couples oh, yes. counseling. Yes. Because we may have really good communication skills, but maybe we really don't know how to talk about this, this particular right. issue. This particular issue, right.
1: especially when they're really hot button issues, like mm-hmm. when they, these are when they go really, they they really dig deep into how one feels about something, um, especially that which is a which is a an important value how we handle sexuality in mm-hmm. our in our relationships, right? Yeah.
0: And that's why when I work with couples, one of the first things that I ensure is that there's there's an emotional level of trust, there's a sense of I can feel safe talking about whatever with my partner, and it's I'm going to, We're gonna be able to work through whatever comes up. So a lot of the times, couples are arguing, but one person's not sharing their whole truth and their whole story because they're feeling attacked and mm-hmm. they're feeling put down, and they don't have the ability of sharing through. So when we're working with deeper issues such as expectations or more or changes and 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 values and such forth, it's if you don't have that sense of safety, that's the first step. Right. So how do we create that safety? Um, a lot of it is about being able to be together in silence, being able to be touching without necessarily being sexual, being able to share things without being judged and put down. Those are the, the, the initial steps that I try to make sure that our couples have before we go into the deeper Conversations.
1: Right. Absolutely. Uh, coming up, we'll talk about uh, how to have a, a more mindful relationship, but also want to look at what another uh, psych professor talked about when it comes to expectations, saying that we should actually. Um, if we have low expectations, we may be treated more poorly. So it's a little different than what John Gottman says, but we'll talk about that. Managing our expectations here on our therapist panel. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. The therapist panel comprised of Stefan Bensusen, health psychologist and founder of Psi Santé in the West Island, along with Jackie Miller, who is a clinical psychologist uh, and a, a college professor in psychology at Vanier. We are talking about managing expectations. So, this other uh, psychology professor from the University of North Carolina, Donald Bochum, uh, also studied marital expectations for a long time. So we're kind of neck and neck with Gottman, but that people get what they expect. People with low expectations tend to be in relationships where they are treated poorly, and people with high expectations tend to be in relationships where they are treated well, this suggests that by having high standards, you are far more likely to achieve the kind of relationship you want than you are by looking the other way and letting things slide. Mm-hmm. So what do you think of that?
0: I'm not sure I'd, I agree with it entirely. Because Gottman
1: doesn't agree with that, by right. the way, I'm just saying,
0: yeah. I, I, you know, from the mindfulness uh, model, uh, I'm a big proponent of mindfulness meditation, you know, and it's a Buddhist philosophy so I'm not saying that that's the be-all and end-all but it's one philosophy mm-hmm. um, we, we, we're, we, we teach people not to set expectations because you're going to get disappointed and what we're looking for we're aiming for ultimate peace and peace is felt if you're truly in the present moment accepting what is without trying to change it if you accept it as this is good, just accept it and and move beyond it. Uh, but it has to more be good, Stefan.
1: But you you know that's fine right. as long as you're not in an abusive situation. Absolutely. Or so we have to we have to qualify that. You're right. right. So I have you you. We should have the expectation that we are going to be treated with respect sure. and integrity and kindness and and all of that. So yeah. we can. L- We can be mindful living in the moment with our relationship if those elements are there. But what if those elements are not there? What if we are not treated in that way?
0: Right. So assuming that we have those core values met on a day-to-day basis, if we expect our partners to take out the laundry or take out the garbage when they say they're going to do and they don't, how do we manage those expectations how do we get how do we not get disappointed and create conflict or not create conflict when that doesn't happen so in the and with the couples that i see who have those core values together and they're and they're in agreement with that sometimes setting expectations for each other leads them to have more conflict so it's really just about accepting sometimes that What we have is pretty good. And what are we grateful for? We're grateful for our house, our our kids, our careers, our lives, our health, Mm -hmm. and being okay with, well, we are different in this and this and that. So you're saying
1: don't sweat the small stuff is really what you're saying. So if I go home and it's my husband's job, simply because that's the way we determined it, that he would take out the garbage on Tuesday, like, you know, what's today? Monday? So Monday night for Tuesday's pickup – you know, he still asks me, is tomorrow garbage day? <laughs> <laughs> Only about 15 years later. Um, but to know that if he forgot that I shouldn't get, like, I should just take it in stride. And, okay, well, I'll just take it out yeah, then when the I get home. Not right? out,
0: so if I feel like taking it out, I'll take it out. If I don't, then it'll stay there. But without getting reactive about it. right? So in mindfulness, it's about accepting things as they are. Without trying to change anything, just because as soon as you strive for change, you're setting yourself up for disappointment and frustration and conflict. Yes. So I'm not saying accept everything and just turn a blind eye to everything, but learn to not allow your negative judgment take over your mind to build a story in your head so that you keep feeling resentful towards your partner.
1: So in that situation, I, I know what has helped me is if he's forgotten I know he didn't do it on purpose. I know he meant to take it out. Okay. I know he meant to remember, but I know that sometimes, often, he forgets stuff, and right? And that's the way his brain works, right? So got distracted, whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. and and he forgot. It used to piss me off a lot, you know, when I would get <laughs> home late, like I get home around 11.30, quarter mm-hmm. to 12, whatever, and I was like, oh, no, I got to take out the garbage because, oh, he forgot. I just take it in stride simply because
0: he didn't mean to.
1: Right. And I know he didn't mean to. And next day he apologizes. You know, he says, I'm sorry. And (laughs) that's part of the
0: mindfulness is developing compassion for our partners. And, you know, we all, we're not, we're all human. We all make mistakes and we all, you know, do our best for the most part. Can we accept our partner for who they are? And Mm. can we accept when they slip up sometimes?
1: Yeah, probably easier said than done, right? So that's a good a, a good, uh, <laughs> good lesson. Something we can all work on, really. And, and it really mm. is about not sweating the small stuff. And I think um, expressing gratitude, like it, that was one of the things that was on that, you know, bill of relationship rights kind of thing, is that we should expect some gratitude or be able to show gratitude for the things that our partner's, are to us rather than what they don't fulfill right right if you know, they you, don't you'll fulfill. open up
0: your heart and your partner's heart much more when you're grateful and you share what you're grateful for and appreciative of them rather than coming at them with criticism
1: yeah
2: um going back to what you were saying with the other uh, researcher mm-hmm. about the expectations i could kind of uh buy into that just because when you look at the research around kids kids will live up or down to expectations so if you expect them to you know do well in something and you give them a lot of feedback that suggests they'll do well they tend to or if you expect them not to so i could see how true Mm -hmm. yeah so i mean if you if you it's like if you're i'm a teacher and lots of research on teaching in classrooms if you if you act towards boys in a certain way that you expect them to be good at math they'll be good at math mm-hmm. and if you act towards girls in little ways As they if not, they don't yeah. so i could see how later on in life right this um this kind of theory would play out in relationships that yeah okay now i'm expecting my relationship to be like this or be like that based on maybe what i was modeled or based mm-hmm. on what my culture tells me a relationship should be um but I think it's kind of balancing. So, yeah, being able to let go and not sweat the small stuff. At the same time, we want to be able to let people express how, you know, when that ha- something like that happens consistently over and over and over, mm-hmm. you know, this it's activating me. Right. To <laughs> like be able to an- say that, right? Yeah. It's right. like, I know maybe you don't mean not to take up the, the garbage, but when it's happening over and over and over again, it's really starting now to push my butt. So what do we, we need that balance between sort of letting go, but at the same time.
1: Yes, but also at the same time, discovering, for example, that your partner might have ADHD or mm-hmm. ADD, and then realizing that... There's something to that, right? It's mm-hmm. not, or that your your child uh, forgets things or loses things all the time. Maybe because there is some. An underlying there's issue. an underlying issue mm-hmm. that we have to have compassion for, as well. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's not so black and white, and they don't necessarily do things to drive us bananas, mm-hmm. even though it does. And it's okay to be able to say, "Look, it drives me crazy." So. Please try and mm-hmm. you know get get a hold of it or something so that this doesn't happen day in and day out kind of thing.
0: Or how can I help you remember? Or yeah, is there or what can I do we- to help to mm-hmm.
1: to make? Or why don't we work on this together? You know, we right. talked earlier about a partnership, and this is this is what a partnership should do is is supporting each other through that or or helping each other through things like that.
2: Or if we have a big fight about it, Gottman talks about the whole idea of an olive branch. Mm-hmm. Like who, you know, we want to be able to give out that, okay, we can't resolve it, we're mad, we're upset, but then giving out the olive branch, okay, well, let's go for a walk or let's mm-hmm. do, because we're, maybe we're not going to resolve the garbage issue ever it's mm-hmm. going to be one of those 30 percent, right yeah, that's right and that, so, that's
1: exactly what it's been for yeah. for for 20 odd years that's exactly right. what it is it's one of those issues that is never has not changed it's yeah. still you know just like inconsistent right so what are you gonna do
2: yeah like, that is yeah one and so things. how are we gonna cope with when we're, we're we're doing the same thing over and over and over again right Well, I
1: know for me, I just started coping with what's the point of me getting upset over Mm -hmm. and over again? This is not helping me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, yeah, what do you choose to focus on? So
0: instead, what about what are you grateful for? Let's right. focus on that instead of, well, what am I not getting? What am I not getting? That's going to set you up for disappointment and frustration all the right. time,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Text or text and try to be consistent and put things in the same place all the time. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. But, you know, he says, that's my OCD talking. <laughs> you're you're right. It, and and this can drive you crazy if you have a partner who loses things or doesn't, you know, can't, you know, where's my phone? My kids make fun of me too because I'm always like, where's my phone? Where's my phone? Like, I, And I'm always, it's right there, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but that's the thing is that you have to help your partner develop those strategies sometimes, you know, it's like, and sometimes it just won't, it won't help. So deal with your own OCD thing because, uh, you know, well, not your partner has to deal with that yeah, too, right? Not
2: expecting your partner to do things in a certain way so you don't feel anxious. Right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so.
1: oh, always a, a delightful conversation with my therapist panel. Stefan, if people want to get in touch with you.
0: You can reach us through the website at psysante.com or 514-542-6888.
1: And Jackie Miller, uh, where can people find you? 514-772-5683. Wonderful. And people can reach me at 514-984-5910 or through my website at drlaurie.com. Thank you so much for spending uh, your time with us. Thanks to our technical producer, Dave Simon. Connect with me on social media at Dr. You can also uh, download our podcast at after every show, we put them up on the uh, Dr. Lori website as well. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening, and remember to live your life with passion.